Good afternoon, Dave. Good afternoon, Phil. Good to see you guys. How are you? Very good. Good buddy. Are you all right, Mr. Hall? You know what? I'm buzzing. I'm always buzzing. I've even got a tattoo where it says always buzzing on my arm. It's a true story. Have you got is, is that true? Yeah, I do. Never knew that. That is actually that. true. Of course it is. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't come across very well in a podcast, but I'll show you, show you another time. Mm. Yeah. Good to be buzzing though, mate. I like it. I like the positiveness. Always buzzing. You know, positiveness. That's, that's, yeah, that's something we should, I think we should talk about. Negative and positive. What do you reckon? Well, there's plenty of it about. You can't have one without the other, can you? You cannot have one without very the true. other. Ideally, two the, sides of the same coin, isn't the it? The latter, the positivity. Yeah, that's all good. But it's mm. hard to be constantly positive. But maybe a neg- negative is a good. Maybe if you look at negativity sometimes in a good way, maybe that, that you know, that, that, that's a good thing. Balances it up. Who knows? What are you it, thinking? It is. It is a good thing, isn't it? Negativity. Well, because if there's no negativity, there would be no such thing as positivity. That would just be normal, then, wouldn't it? You can't have dark without light. Middling. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, no day without night. It's very true. Rhubarb and custard. Yeah, yeah. So I was thinking positive, negative sort of thing. You know, we, we sometimes got to make some really big decisions. And some of the big decisions we make are sometimes because we don't have to make them, because we're stuck in a comfort zone. And one of those decisions has been recently is that I resigned from the best job I've ever had recently. Are you saying that for legal reasons or is that because it's true? Is that a legal statement or are you saying is that because it's true? It it is not a legal statement. He's Um, still working out his notice. (laughs) He wants to get his payment at the end of it. That's Uh, the best job I've uh, ever had, ever, ever. (laughs) Genuinely, it's the best job I've ever had because I've been working on a mentoring program and I love working with mentors. This is how I know you guys in the first place. So without Mm -hmm. it, this this podcast may not even exist. True, yeah. If it wasn't for for the role I've been doing. Yeah. The business growth. That's how we met, isn't it, Dave and, and, and yeah, Phil? Yeah. You know, this is you know we're indeed. all mentors. Indeed, mm-hmm. we did indeed. So, yeah. Uh, so yes, yeah, so uh, after after eight years, I decided to leave, which was uh, a tough decision because I don't need yeah. to, and you know, yeah. it would be easier to stay in that comfort zone and and just li- live out the rest of my career doing doing stuff that I've uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed. But I've decided to leave. Time so to what what was it that? That yeah, what was it? What something that built up over time, or is it some brash sort of decision, some trigger recently, or or what? Mm, no question. Um, it's been it's been lots of things. I mean, everybody's saying there's a mass resignation going on because of the pandemic, and people yeah. realise life's too short. Yeah, and it's kind of that. It's always been that. It's it's always been a case of if I'm not enjoying what I'm doing, I need to move on. But I've actually enjoyed it. It isn't so much that. So, so what's happened is it's kind of higher purpose stuff, isn't it? It, it is a realisation that life's too short. And, you know, what's the worst case scenario? What, what, would, what would happen if I followed my heart and just made a decision to do bigger and better things and tread my own path rather than go down the route of just being employed and collecting a salary at the end of the month? And that's, that, that's what it was, Phil, to be honest with you. You know, there's, I've been doing some... Some really interesting stuff over the last year, uh, doing a lot of coaching, doing a lot of group coaching, facilitating. I absolutely love it. You know, the response I've seen in other people has been brilliant. I just want to do more of that. And that, uh, that's, that's the reason. I love doing podcasts. I love hosting events. I love public speaking. And when I've got a full-time job, I just can't do those things. So I thought, you know what? What's the worst that could happen? 
literally. Yeah, <laughs> true. And, and that's true. And that's the thing, isn't it? That that we do hold ourselves back all the time. I do it. I've always done it. Hold yourself back from things. Overthink the worst case scenarios that could come from. And maybe it's. I spent part of my life as a project manager, so you do spend mm. much of your time worrying about what could go wrong. But you know, you hear the voice in your own head. Similar sort of situations in the past where I've left left jobs. Uh, again, you know, go back 15 years or so, whatever it was, I left the job that I really loved, the job that was so instrumental, you know, to my proper career. You know, I left that after five years and it was it was just there was no prevarication in 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 up with that mm. one. It was just literally it just it almost just came to me one afternoon and uh, I was there, and the next minute I was handing me noticing. Tell us you more, know. then, Phil. What happened? What was, it, was there a trigger? Well, it was, yeah, I think it was. So I, I used to work. I think I mentioned it. It's where I know Dave from originally. At a support organisation working with creative businesses in Manchester, and before that, I was doing crap jobs to sustain my you know dabbling around in, in, in mucking around in music. And I got this job at this organization and it just felt like just the calling. You know what I mean? When you got something and you go, this is what I was meant. This is so up my street. It's untrue. I couldn't, you know, every day I went in, it was just, just felt like joy. You know, it was ace. Some of the things we got involved with was, were brilliant. And I think probably what it was over time with anything like that, because it's a public funded body, there's always a sort of tussle between what you want to do, the objectives of the organization, and then ultimately what the, you know, the, the, how this, how these things get sustained, which is by being outputs driven and being able to sort of demonstrate that you've worked with X, X number of businesses, X number of new jobs. Of, and, and, and I think they got to a point where my role in the organization felt like it was more to do with more involved in, in the, that end of it than the kind of coming up with stuff that, that that would be useful. And I think we probably built up over time, but I hadn't really thought about doing much about it. I didn't have a plan, certainly didn't have a plan. But I think it, just one afternoon, it was a colleague of mine <laughs> just approached me. She was hadn't been there as long as me, but she, you know, she said to me, I'm really, I'm really sorry, but I just don't think I can do this anymore. I think it's, I just can't do it anymore. And the penny dropped for me. I was like, that's exactly how I feel. Um, so I text so for my wife and just said, look, I'm thinking of jacking this in. <laughs> would you, would you, you know, I've not got much of a plan, but would you, <laughs> is that all right? <laughs> she said, yes. And then next minute, my colleague went up and didn't, and didn't notice into the, to the boss, came back into the room. We were having our chat in and I, and I <laughs> I followed and did the same. So there was a, a, a queue of people handing the notice in. Well, just the just the two, just the two <laughs> of us. It just you know, but and it felt felt really weird because it was a job. I really, I, you know, if it if it if I could have been, I'd, I'd imagine I'd be still there now if if things would have been a bit more favourable. It doesn't exist anymore, but you know, I loved it that much. It, that's, that's that's really interesting because you mentioned calling. Yeah. So, so what what was your calling? As it sort of is now, you know, to be in and around helping creative and digital businesses. You know, I don't. This is this goes back to 
me and music and all that kind of growing up in Manchester and being surrounded by music and design and cool stuff going on, you know, so you become like very aware, you know, of this very interesting sort of scene, you know. So I think I just sort of got to this point where all of a sudden I'm playing a role in helping that scene, in, oh. you know, and, 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 you know, that, that was it. So yeah, that tussle between the two. Um, but yeah, once, once it clicked into my head and when, you know, I'm going to do this, I think because I was younger then, the, the voice that says, what's the worst that could happen came really quickly, you know, and it was like, uh, uh, just a, look, I could, I could do this. this uh, I don't know. I could just, I'll find my own way. And the, what's the worst that could happen voice was almost like uh, just the push, the trigger, rather than being something that then, then be, be, it, as has happened later in life, where in similar situations, you start to go into overdrive without making any decisions. The voice in my head that says, what's the worst thing that could happen, starts really being, getting louder and louder and not, you know, not allowing, you know, just getting me focused on, you know, I've got an expensive mortgage or I've got, you know, I've got this, I've got that, what if, all those kind of things. So it's, you know, from a place of being reasonably fearless about it, now, now, you know, later in life, you, I prevaricate a bit more. Really? And was that because your circumstances are different? I think so. And I, when you've got kids as well, I don't know, you feel there's a bit more responsibility, you know, that you don't want to step out of something without much of a plan. But the, the, the thing is, if I could just go on slightly, and I will shut up in a minute, but the thing is, it is about that the older you get, the more confident in the skills, your ability to make things happen off your own accord. So almost, does it go full circle? Do you sort of, you know, now I feel really confident that I don't have to worry about my situation too much. You know what I mean? It's a funny one. Yeah. It's yeah. a funny one. So I'm going to guess that decision-making changes depending on your situation, doesn't it? Yeah. Because quite often, because decision-making, big decisions in particular, we, we do it either to go further towards something or closer to something or further away from something. Careers, for example, it is, is, is one of the biggest things that we'll, we'll make a decision about. Could even be relationships, you know, what house to buy or do, do I need to move house? It's often, I want to get away from the situation, and that's a stronger motivator than actually moving towards something which is better. Because that comfort zone, we, you know, we, we, we don't thrive in a comfort zone, but we prefer to be in there. When we spoke about, you know, the, the inner chimp, the chimp wants to protect us. So we, we get scared if you're going to do something a bit risky. And that's what's often happening is that, you know, when, when, you, when you told us about leaving the job that you enjoyed or, you know, you, you, you've done well at, it's actually quite a risky thing to do, isn't it? But you look at what's the worst case scenario, what's the worst thing can happen? Because that's clearly a decision based on wanting to do more of something better yeah, than feeling like you were being threatened because you weren't in a threatened situation, were you? No, no, not at all. Not Dave, at you've all. had to make some, you've told us some stories about some of the big things you've done in your life. <laughs> Tell us more. What's, what, what are some of the biggest decisions you've had to make? I like listening to this type of stuff. It's good to me. <sighs> I've worked, obviously, I mean, I've worked for myself 
since my early twenties. So I'm used to inconsistency and and risk. You know, ever since ever since I started that, I'm I'm used to erraticness, and I'm also used to more things not working than actually working. So when it comes to what's the worst that can happen, a lot of times I'm just let's have a punt because if we don't have a look at it, we will never know. And that could possibly start with, you know, initially it's around conversation and time. And then sometimes it can come up with money, you know, money comes into that mix. But a lot of the times on the conversations that I'm having, I also need other people to be on board with that as well. So it's not just like me trying to do it all myself. A conversation might start and that's right. If we're going to progress with that, you know, what's the worst that can happen? Let's have a look at it. Can't do it on my own. So before you know it, there might be one, two, three, four, five people involved involved in that. And then the thing for me in that situation is then I feel like I've got a responsibility to those individuals and those individuals too, uh, you know, uh, I guess they're going to have the same same feelings that sit with that. But as you get older, you know, when you look at your troop and the people that are around you, they all tend to be of a similar ilk. They'll have a similar conversation and they'll be like, do you know what? I trust you. You trust me. Let's let's take a punt on it. So the risk element of it, I'm quite comfortable with. I'm all right with it. I don't like, I get bored very, very easily when, if I got into a comfort zone, I'm bored. I, I do get bored. I like the adrenaline of driving things forward. If it works, then that's awesome. That's great. But if it doesn't, that doesn't bother me too. I think, oh, I've been doing it for that long. I'm used to getting knockbacks and rejection. In the early days, I'd take it really personally, really personally. If we were pitching for a piece of business and we didn't get it, it would really, really, really knock me for six because I think it were my fault. That's the reason why or reason why, why it didn't happen. So I'm all right with that. And then I don't know. It's, it's scaling. What's just, what, what are big decisions? What are small decisions? Because I've been in that mix all my time. Every decision is very similar. I don't see a scale of it sometimes. I think what Phil said is right. I think when you're younger, you're only responsible for yourself. You know, what's what's the worst that can happen? It's just me. But as you get older, you do have more responsibilities. You might have a family, you know, it could be taking a punt on something with friends. But also on that way there, life smashes it out of you as well because you've got life and the system is generally going, do it this way, do not fail get it right every time going back to you know you look at education you go to school this is the way you're going to learn this is the way we're going to teach you to learn it's all about you as an individual and in the time you know and make sure you get it right i don't work you know i don't work as an individual i work with teams of people now or, or more than more than you know one individual so that can just smash it out of you till you get to the point where it becomes a huge decision because you're thinking about the responsibilities that you've got and the way that you've been told that it should be done. You know, you've been conditioned into that. That's where I think a lot of people get to a point and they don't necessarily progress or take the punt that they, that, that they want to do. I also think that in life, because I, 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 I battle all the time trying to keep things so simple. I don't, you know, if you accrue stuff, it's another responsibility. It's another thing that you that you basically that it's bringing into your life that limits your ability to take the attitude of what's the worst that can happen because you've got too much to consider. But if you keep it dead simple, 
okay. then the decision-making process is a lot simpler. So do, do you have a particular decision-making process? Is that something you, you have a formula for, for work or for home, for life? Or do you just take a punt? Do you just work out, you know, what, what's the reward versus the risk? I do, but I don't have a formula other than, other than that I'm 46 and, I, I, you know, I, I'm at a period in my life where I've been through a lot of stuff. So you can look, you, you're educated on, you've got a good assumption on some things. And then sometimes, you know, when people say go with your gut, sometimes you've got to go with your gut. You've got to take that punt. I, I don't have a formula to, to anything. Sometimes I think to myself, I should have a formula and I should follow this, but I don't. Yeah, instinct, that gut feeling. I just, I don't think we trust it enough. I really don't. Because I, I look, wind back and look at situations where I prevaricated a bit and not made a decision when I could have. But I knew in my heart, of, in my heart of heart, and my gut of guts, the, the feeling I got of what, what would happen or the right scenario was always there. You know what I mean? It's like if you just, if I, if you just trust your instincts, I just, I think we formulas and all that kind of stuff, that's fine, you know, and that's a very sensible approach. But sometimes we just go, you know what, I can read this situation and I'm probably 80% chance, oh, there's 80% chance that I could be right here. Because it always t- sounds like some sort of dark art, doesn't it? That trusting your gut, trusting your instinct. It's not. Because there's all those, like, bloody neurons firing away <laughs> in your brain yeah. that's drawing on previous experience and it, it's a reading of a situation that isn't quite is probably more subconscious than, than anything that's at the forefront of your conscious brain there's all sorts of stuff going on in the background that 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 yeah andy you you, you know about sort of mind and gut and all that kind of stuff but you know that the gut itself is a I was going to say a living organism, but you know, it's, it's, I sound a little bit, a bit wee wah here now, don't I? But come on, Andy, so, ask Andy. All right. Andy. Was, Andy. I've, I've not done my homework on this one. Um, so, so, so the mind isn't the brain. So this is, this is certainly what Buddhists and Taoists would say is that the mind isn't in, isn't in the brain. It exists in the body because we have neuroreceptors all over our body and there's more in the gut than there is anywhere else. So when people say, I've got a gut feeling, it's a skill that or an ability we've always had as human beings. You know, we've had to follow our, our instinct more often than not because there's not always been texts or internet to read or, or books to read. Sometimes we have to follow our gut. And that's probably something we've lost the ability to do over, you know, the last several hundred, if not thousands of years. We've just become logical and analytical. And we, we mentioned about culture and society. It expects certain things and we that fear of judgment or this is the way it's always been done or our parents would have done it this way or what people expect of us. This is where most of our thinking is done is not so much now through the cortex where we're working out logic. We're working out gut feeling quite often and you feel it in your gut or feel it in your heart. And sometimes that's, you know, as you, as you were saying, Phil, about when you left that job, probably just didn't feel like the right thing to be doing at that time. Yeah. It felt right. Sometimes you can't, analyze that with risk or reward you can just go just just don't feel right anymore yeah and that's that's something which is which is important we live in a world though don't we that is now driven towards data and is massively obsessed with data and analyzing data to make sure that if you're going to take a punt or what's the worst that can happen that it's always successful but 
if you're going to take a punt on something, you got in your own head, you know, what is success? So what is, if I do this, what is that successful outcome? And a lot of the times, you know, a lot of things, it always came back to money and things like that. Or success is, it, it works, it happens. And to fail is a bad thing. But what about if you look at failing, go, oh, I'm going to take a point on it, see if it works. It didn't work out, but I've learned something from it. I've learned a lot from that. I now know if I don't do that again, or if I did it this way, it might work. You're never going to learn or progress anywhere, ever, ever, unless you go for it, you know? And whether that's based on a ton of data or your gut instinct, then it, I guess it depends on how you want to progress it and what resource you've got available to it. For me, I always feel really lucky that on a daily basis, I get to have conversations with lots of people, lots and lots and lots of people. And those conversations create opportunities. And those opportunities, it's, it's right, right, okay, which one of these do you want to basically progress? It might be all of them, might be four or five of them. This is for me. This, this, this isn't for me. But what you're creating are options. Now, if you're going to take a punt on something for me, I want to. I'm thinking, right? What are the options? What are the options for failure? And what are the options? What's what are the options for success? What does success look look like? But it's options, isn't it? Rather than rather than it being shit or bust, to put it bluntly, it's either this or that. If it either works or it doesn't work, well, what happens if if we aim for this and we don't get all the way there, but we get halfway there? Rather than going from A to B, we go from sorry from A to Z. We pivot and we go we go in a zigzaggy line. That's the exciting mm. thing, isn't it? You, you know, but if you don't don't yeah. put your foot off, if you don't step outside the door, you, you know, you don't put your toe in the water, however you want it, you'll never bloody know. And I've always, always said, mm. you're better to do it for a day and go, this ain't for me, than to spend, than to get further down the line and go, I wonder what that, I wonder what that would have been like if I'd have had a bash at that. I wonder what it would have mm. been like. So, so this is less about success and failure because that's absolute, isn't it? You either succeed or you fail. It's too black, and white, black and white. Too black it? and white, yeah. But really, the outcome is I'm either going to achieve something or make progress. That's pretty much it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it is. I'm, it I'm is. either going to achieve my version of success or not. Yeah. But by not making a difficult decision, that in itself is a decision to stay as I am and play it safe. That's failure Because I think we, we're not... That's see that's that's interesting because we all wind up differently. And I think you know with yeah. So I I wouldn't call you a risk taker. I just call you somebody who just thinks about it a little bit more. That's all. It's just you want to make progress. It's exciting rather than living a dull, boring, play it safe life. Let's just do things what could be exciting and you know what other people call risky and scary. One of my favourite words at the moment is courage because when I've when I've told people right quitting my job, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow my heart the word courage keeps coming up saying well, it's a courageous thing to do. And when I'm coaching and mentoring people, I, I like to look at this courage, this, you know, the feeling of courage. And, and Phil, we were just talking about where's courage come from. And if you think about where it, where it comes from, you feel it in your heart. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. For good reason. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's, so, so the word courage, ask Andy, the word okay. courage comes from, <laughs> it comes from Latin or French or Old French um, or courage. means comes mm. from the core. So wow. it comes from your actual physical core. So Crazy. courage comes from your, from your heart. And Latin means, C-O-R means heart. So to be courageous means that you're doing things for, through, from your heart. 
this is something which has fascinated me for a while. I delivered a workshop on Monday, which was about public speaking. I never considered myself to be a particularly great public speaker, but what the feedback I get is that it's courageous, it's vulnerable, and you speak from the heart. So I delivered a workshop called Speaking from the Heart. And there's a group of people there, 10 people attended it, and nearly all of them spoke for the very first time in public courageously about things that were important from their heart. And this kind of circles back to that decision of mine to leave a job that I'm getting paid all right for, that I'm good at, kind of do it with my eyes closed. I've got processes coming out of my ears so I can do it super, super quick. But is it courageous? Not really. Does it set me on fire? Not really. Does it help other people? Sometimes. And, and this is that higher purpose. And somebody mentioned to me on Monday, the talk they spoke about, which was from the heart, is like, this is my higher purpose. I'm not bothered about money. I'm not bothered about a job. My purpose in life is to do more of this. And that's what it circles back to, to me, is that how, how can I coach people on courage when I'm playing it safe? That's not the reason why I've left my job. The reason I've left my job is because I want to do more of this. I want to record podcasts. I want to help people with public speaking. I want to help people find their inner voice, you know, and just and, and live a better life for themselves. Also, what came up in, on Monday was somebody spoke for the first time about stoicism and about quite often about making brave, courageous decisions. And it reminds me of some particularly interesting ways of looking at things. So we mentioned at the top of the pod, top of the pod, it sounds like something should be on a Thursday night <laughs> at 7 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> top of the pod tonight. Um, so... At the beginning, I've got Paul Hardcastle in my head now. I don't know. I know, I know, yeah. We'll have Pan's people coming on in a minute because whatever band didn't turn up. It says more about you than it does about me. Yeah, I'm with you on that. So at the beginning of the podcast, at the top of the pod, we were talking about positivity and negativity quite often. And we're in a, we're in a world where we have to think positively all the time. And sometimes that can lead to delusion, I think. You know, we, we're always looking for the best case scenario. But actually, going back over millennia, Stoics in particular would look at the worst case scenario as a starting point and then work backwards from it. And what fascinates me is that, particularly when people are struggling with anxiety and mental health, if they have therapies like CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, we get really worried about doing things or making decisions. And CBT quite often uses this, what's the worst case scenario here? What would happen if that happened? Will it kill you? And this was, this was something I've been using for a while now. It's almost like a stress buster. Will this, if that happens, if the worst case scenario happens, will it kill you? Will you die? And it's usually no. Well, well what will actually happen? Just, you know, just imagine that for it. For a moment, if you will, what will happen if that happens? What's the worst case scenario then? And as you said, as, as you said, Dave, you know, it's it, it's one of these things. Well, it's just taking a punt. Well, I'm not. It's not going to kill me. It's actually exciting. So, what's going to move you towards the best case scenario? So, how do you avoid the worst case scenario? How do you move towards a, the best case scenario? And often, we're just afraid of what might happen, and that's what stops yeah. us from making decisions. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I think I, I get a lot from Stoicism, from Buddhism, Taoism. Um, and some 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 brilliant quotes in the past. And the reason why I've held back on on leaving my role for such a long time is that yeah, I've really enjoyed it. I've genuinely gone to networking events going, I've got the best job in the world. I speak with mentors and mentees all the time and I love it. But actually got to the point where I've stopped, stopped loving it and fell out of love with it. And going back to my history 
when I left my job the last time, this is probably like 12 years ago, I had a breakdown. But I didn't have a breakdown because mm. I left my job. I left my job because I had a breakdown. That's the difference. And I think we have this memory of what was life like when I was last freelance or when I was last self-employed. It was bloody tough for the reasons you said, Phil, is that I had kids and they were young kids at the time. But my, my situation now is my kids have left home, they're at university. I've got a lot less risk to worry about now. Now's the time to actually follow my heart and do these things. And sometimes, you know, we look at risk and reward, as you say, Dave, you know, take a punt. I took a punt 12 years ago and it was really bad. It was, it, it didn't work out, but I'm glad I did. At the time, I, wouldn't, I wasn't grateful for it. I was in a really dark place. But now I'm glad I took that choice because it's led to everything that's happened ever since. You know, the friendships, relationships I've got with my family and friends, you know, the stuff that we've done together. Won awards, you know, done a triathlon, done marathons, done Ironman. If I'd not taken risks in the past, I wouldn't be where I am now. And that's, we are a result of all the decisions we've made in life. And I think sometimes you've just got to make these big courageous decisions. And I'm hoping to help more people do that in the future. And what's really inspired me is listening to you both, Phil and Dave, is that you've got completely different outlooks, but you kind of arrive back at the same place. You know, you've, you've got an almost like an entrepreneurial thinker there, there, Dave, like, I love it to be exciting. And Phil, you work things out, but you do it from your heart as well. And I love the fact that you kind of arrive at the same place, but you do it in a completely different way. And I love the way that we're all wired up differently in that respect. I think that's the dynamic though as well, isn't it? I mean, the other thing I should say as well is I don't feel like it's just me on my own anymore. So back in the day when I first started, on, on my, it was just me. And you meet people along the way and... But now in life, if I've got some good people around me, so for example, uh, you know, the three of us, we're looking at some projects at the moment and we all bring a completely different skill set to each one of those pro projects from a, like a delivery perspective. However, we've also got different opinions on it. So if I was to have a conversation, if I'm, if I'm saying, what about this guys? Phil would come in from a different point of view and assess it from a different perspective. You would as well, Andy. And the fact that you can do that that the way that, that that the team sort of works together, I don't know. It it reduce for me if you're taking a punt. It it, it increases the it opportunity for it to yeah de-risks it. It, it completely yeah, de-risks de it. it. Yeah, because it's absolutely right that yeah. It, and, and I'm also you know back in the day, my opinion was probably my opinion. I'm not listening to anybody. I'm doing it my way. This is what's happening now. <laughs> I'll listen. <laughs> I'll listen. Talk to me, boys. What do you think? I love it. Because what's your perspective? What are your thoughts on this? What about this, 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 and this, this, and this, and this? That's significantly different, you know, you know, from literally like, right, we're not doing it that way. I get what you're saying, but this is how we're doing it. Not anymore. What do you think? Bring your thoughts and opinions to it. Yeah. And, and that thing, yeah, de-risking it through. De-risking those bigger decisions because you're doing it not just with your own knowledge and experience to call on, but you've got the knowledge and the experience of the people around you that can shape either what you're doing or decisions you're looking to make. As you, as you say, Dave, you know, if it's looking at a particular piece of work, it's like, how would we approach this collectively? And, and between you and the people around you, you should be, you know, if you're mixing with like minds in a similar kind of s state, you know, you can come to better. I suppose it's like, you know, if it was a, a, one of you and you weren't sure, um, we've not had this conversation, you weren't sure about a decision you were going to take, 
we'd have a conversation about it, wouldn't we? We'd just talk it through logically. I think so a lot of the time, and maybe this is another age thing that we just let things sort of fester in our own brains and sort of don't really talk out the kind of bigger decisions that you're thinking of you, you might want to make, you know. I suppose the more you just chat stuff through, I suppose when you're younger, you're just more interested in having chats with your pals about daft stuff, you know. I think it's language you see as well. partridge last night, that sort of thing. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know. I think it's the and language. And just trotting off, off catchphrases. Yeah. The language that we use, because, you know, we, I know we're talking about risk here, but risks, risks, a negative word, isn't it? You talk about risk. It's like, well, well what's the risk? Yeah. You say yeah. risk, you automatically yeah. assume that it's not going to be a good outcome. You automatically assume that. And there's, and if you think about from, I don't know, in the corporate world and consulting, it's very, very, the, the, the wording is very corporate. It's very analytical. It's very processed. Yeah. And that basically. How do we mitigate risk? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. What's the risk, you know? This is going to go wrong. Yeah. How do we? Yeah. yeah. Risk analysis, escalation procedure. We don't have conversations mm. like that, do we? <laughs> in any nope, way whatsoever yeah. and nope, i think that's it taking that out of it i think i know as you yeah. have a, but an open conversation but don't get me wrong if you were in an operating uh theater i'd want it as analytical as possible but it's it's different things for different situations isn't it we're talking about Good life point. in general here aren't we we're talking about life in general yeah we're not talking about this is if there's there's, there's somebody on an operating table here Yes, process, procedure, analytical. Do what you need to do. We're not in. Yeah, that, or we're not assessment. in. Or we're not. Or we're not put changing rods in a nuclear reactor. We're we're basically talking about life and people in general, aren't we? I think that's mm. that's in, important to <laughs> to mention as well. But, but language language is dead important. You're absolutely right, Dave. It's like I, I remember uh, a, a company I was with. You know, everyone would come and come and talk about problems that they had. There's a problem with this. There's a problem with doing this. And it used to drive me mad because th that's like a blocker to change, isn't it? You see, I, I reframed it. It sounds really wanky, but, you know, I just said, I don't want to hear about problems. I just want to hear about a challenge you've got. Spot if we on. talk about the challenge, Spot on. the challenge then is the, the, the thing is how you make that thing better. And that's an exciting challenge. But if it's a problem, it's blocked down. It's always going to be a problem, and you're never going to sort it. Also, how do you know it's a problem before you've even had a conversation about it? You, you, totally. You've, you've defined straight away. You've gone. You've, <laughs> you've defined what it is before having a, before actually chatting yes. around, having a conversation to see what it actually or an issue. We've got an issue. To see what we've got might an issue. Happen. Yeah, yeah, we've got an issue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Plenty of those conversations. Yeah. But it, it relates to this, doesn't it? You know, big decisions in your own in your own head. You know, you're probably having these conversations about, oh, there's this, there's a problem with doing this. If you if you make that decision, there's this problem. Rather than reframing and going, or oh, there's a problem or there's a risk, you know, reframing that in your own head, having that conversation that says, well, what what challenges would this open up to me? What opportunities, rather than what problems, what risks would come in? You know, there's very few things that are insurmountable. I really do believe that, you know, but we just get, you know, our mate, my, my brain just gets foggy with all of this stuff and, you know, overthinking. and The system, and, though, know. wants you to believe that it is as black and white as that, is it? If you do not do this, this will happen. If you do not do this, this will happen. And that keeps you, that, that 
sets the mindset up to constantly be literally as black and white as possible. But the system is also geared to protect you as well, you know, to a certain extent. It isn't as black and white. It's there to make you believe that this might be the issue that sits with it. But there's also backups for it. And a lot of them, that is around money, isn't it? You know, because money, that's what drives it all. If you do not pay this, this will happen to you. If you do not do that, this will happen to you. But financial regulations and everything that sits around it means it can't be as black and white as that. You know, you miss a payment on something. They don't just shut you down. There's a conversation there to be had. Why? What's the, what's going on? How can we help you? And that then, but that then trans, that, that, that methodology goes to everything else, you know, but it's not yeah. always, yeah, it's, totally, it's not, yeah. as, it's not as true to it's form a, as that. But you know what? That's, that's, it's really interesting you say that Dave, because the, the last time I went freelance, so five years ago, what have you, we were still, I think there's still in the aftermath of the crash or what. So it's a bit longer than that, maybe seven or eight years ago. Uh, but we were still in that sort of aftermath of the 2008 crash. And I remember the, I just reading somewhere, like you're only three months of missed mortgage payments mm. from being out on your, on your mm. bum, basically. Homeless, yeah. That's a terrible, I mean, it was kind of something that was bubbling around. It's probably very true, you know, and, and you know, there are probably people that are more exposed to that than, thankfully, I think I am. But that's a terrifying thing to have rattling around your head. Those kind of things that say you're only three months fucking around from, from, from losing, your, losing your house. But as you r- rightly say, Dave, that wouldn't happen. You know, it, you, it, there yeah, would be not a conversation. True. Would be, it's not it, true. Yeah. yeah. Well, as far you as, know. I mean, I don't know if it, my, from knowing of, uh, from, from knowing elements of stuff that I've read, I don't believe that's true. If you were to live that lifestyle, you can't live that lifestyle for the next two or three months. But and it is, it's driven by money, isn't it? And that, I think that's the thing, Phil. That's yourself, the problem. You know, is that that's the if problem. you live money. the yeah. way you're living without income, you've probably got two or three months to survive yeah. like that. But that's yeah. driven by spending money that you haven't got on things that you don't need, and that's kind Absolutely. of what it boils down. And the system, as you said, Dave, that's the thing that kind of forces your hand into making different decisions or playing it safe or being less risky depending on what language you look at. It is actually about the system that we've created. It, it, we've created that system, but we don't have to, we don't have to live that system, do we? No, we don't. It's what it, you yeah. take from it. It's what you yeah. take. I found that Believe quite me. enlightening when you said that. You know, humans created it, yeah. but it's what you take from it. It's what you take from it. And I do understand the need, you know, the human race needs some order. We do need an element of order. Otherwise, we'd all be around running from town to town and nicking all those cars and repossessing it you know it'd be chaos wouldn't it we, we need an element of we need an element <laughs> yeah. of something but it also needs an element of flexibility because and it needs to change but i, I believe we're in, you know we're, we're in that massive period of change now aren't we and we've said it we said it before aren't we you know but it's what it's what you do it's what you do personally it's what you do locally it's that that's you're not going to necessarily change something on a big scale, but if enough, enough of us do those little micro changes, it, it will do. I think I've I've had a bit of an epiphany listening to you both there for, for a few brain minutes. thought. A brain thought, Phil. Yeah, trademark. Um, yeah, money is massive driver behind our decision making. We're all in a troop. We know we 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 are greater than the sum of our parts. You know, depending how you look at this. So Dave, you were saying like you're not bothered. You, you just bring everybody's opinions, you know, 
you know, whatever happens, we're in it together almost. You know, it's not just about me, it's about everyone else. And that is so true. And Phil, you were talking about, you know, when you last quit your job, it's like you phone off and go, Am I okay with doing this? Yeah, yeah, I've got your back. Whatever happens. Nikki was the same with me. I've got your back. Yeah. You know, I trust you to make the right decisions. I've got your back. It's not actually life and death when we're making decisions like this. It's we've still got friends. We're living troops. We're living, you know, we're, we're living societies where we actually do look after one another when things aren't great. So it's right to have control of our own destiny rather than somebody else deciding it for us. And we are greater than the sum of our parts when we've got diverse people with different ideas. The thing what kind of springs out to me now is a Viktor Frankl quote from... Um, I thought you were going to say Victor Meldrew. I don't believe it. Yeah, it's Super a little bit heavier than that one. Pretty good but, really? yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've had all the impressions today, haven't we? On the podcast. Victor Frankl. <laughs> I'll, try and, I'll try and do something quite enlightening here, Dave. Do you mind? Sorry, go Phil. on. Go on. Talk to us about Victor. Hit us with it's the like, Victor. It, with the Victorism. Victor Frankl. Um, when we are no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. Now, to me, that's totally empowering. This is a guy who spent a lot of his time in concentration camps, wow. couldn't do anything about it, but had a purpose to live. And that's what kept him going further forward all the time. And I think it is about the decisions we make, it's about our purpose. So the situation's maybe out of our control, but the way we think and feel about the situation is completely in our control. So that's what occurs to me. So thanks for the inspiration, guys. You've kind of you've changed the way I've, I've thought about it. And genuinely as well, I couldn't have made that big decision a few weeks ago without your support. Otherwise, I'd still be going down that path of just getting more and more depressed about the situation I'm in. And instead of getting excited, knowing that I've got, you know, you guys, you know, you've got my back. So mm -hmm. thank you. Genuinely, yeah. thank you. You heard it first on yeah. the radio. And look at the opportunities <laughs> in the last two weeks. Look at the conversations we've had since then. And what and the and the things that we're looking at. Now that's all part of it. If you hadn't done that and done this, then we wouldn't be having the conversations that we're that we're having here either, would we? So that's that's the buzz, boys. That's the buzz. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. It definitely. is exciting, isn't it? And that's and that 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 absolutely draws the perfect ending to this thing, doesn't it? That you by having by making that decision, by getting to that decision. Bang, made the decision and opportunities and things change and, you know, the conversations start. And it's only until you get to that point where you go, yep, something's got to change or the, the gut is strong enough to tell the brain or the risk register or whatever you've had to do the to get risk there. risk register. Then the risk register. And then at that point, well, that's done. You've drawn a line under that chapter or whatever. We, we've made this change. And, and, and things start falling in place. The universe starts falling in place around the decision that you've made. And, and that's until you do it, uh, it's, just a, it's just a fog of thoughts, brain thoughts and shit. And the minute, the minute you do it, you, you're at, you, you, you turn the page, you're ready to talk, you're ready for those conversations. And that, those, it, it's almost like, why, why did the wait? Waste so much time trying <laughs> exactly. to get to that decision. You know, it exactly. seems obvious now on, on, on reflection. Because we is only human, boys. We is only human. We are humans. Part of the human's race. How about that? Love it. Dave, you're going to wrap it up? Call to action? For me? 
get shit done. You know, sometimes you got to take a punt. We, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it won't. If you have the opportunity to be, or if you're lucky enough to have the right people around you supporting you, then it's then, then that's any. It's better, isn't it? Some, but sometimes it's like it'll be on you. It's your decision. But you got it. You got to make these decisions. You got you. You got to do it. You got to do it. And some will be easier than others. Love it. Thank you, Phil. To our listener, what was the call to action we've got? <laughs> yeah, just yeah. I mean, it's just listen to the gut. Listen, listen to the people around you. You know, don't prevaricate too much. Obviously, this isn't legal advice. Um, the, At the all, in producers any way whatsoever. Podcast. Do not. Yeah. <laughs> Do not, do not take ultimate advice from three middle-aged blokes <laughs> who, who, are just, who are literally running with the... go up as well as down. Yeah, who are literally just <laughs> winging it by their guts. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't we should underwrite it. Oh, my God. Some stuff may work. Some stuff may not. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's absolutely it. So that's what not to do. What you can do is uh, subscribe, give us a great review and share this podcast with a friend who might benefit from listening to it. Love it. Spot on. Thank you, everyone. Namaste. Cheers. Have a good one. Till, Till the next one, gentlemen. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed us talking cod, please give us a rating, leave us a review in your podcast app and subscribe now. Quick shout out to the guys at DapDip Productions, the folks pushing the buttons behind the scenes. Check them out at dapdip.co.uk. And thanks to Rubber Bear for our theme tune, Elements. Find the band on Spotify and SoundCloud. We'll see you next time for more Talking Code.